0: Hello and welcome to The Block Explorer, I'm Colin Brightfield.
1: Hey folks, I'm Cash Upton.
0: The Block Explorer is here to educate and
1: inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the changemakers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky.
0: In this episode of Getting Nifty, we discuss the recent challenges to the NFT rights in Hollywood, the expansion of music, NFTs, and hip-hop culture where and where they overlap, and highlight community NFTs as a mean for value creation.
1: There's a lot going on in the NFT space today, uh, but we first wanted to update our listeners on the Constitution DAO, just because it's the Constitution being sold. Um, Colin, did you end up getting ownership of the Constitution? Well, the
0: tokens were not actually supposed to give you ownership over the Constitution. They were governance tokens, and they were very specific of that because if they were Ownership, then it would maybe be securities and whatnot. Anyway,
1: right, right. They
0: we didn't win. We didn't win the auction in Sotheby's, and it's kind of a bummer, especially because it was a hedge fund billionaire, Ken Griffin, who won. So it was kind of very much of like, oh, here comes just the billionaires just to win against the people. (laughs) (laughs) But it was actually a really cool experiment, and it showed you know it it educated, It made a lot of headlines, right, in mainstream media. It was written up everywhere. Everyone was talking about it for a little while. So. They really did a good job of educating people on the possibilities of what DAOs can do, decentralized autonomous organizations, um, what's going on with crypto, how crypto can mobilize a lot of people and raise a lot of money in a really short amount of time. It was one week, less than a week, they raised $49 million. So they just really just kind of uh, hooked people into the crypto conversation that might not otherwise. And um, I think over almost one half of all the wallets that donated ETH. To the donation to the to the fund to buy the Constitution were uh, new brand new wallets that had just been initialized. So would, essentially, it onboarded a lot of people into the the world of crypto,
1: and that's always a plus too. Absolutely, that's good to see. And we'll do a deeper dive because there there's some interesting nuances that the Constitution DAO kind of brings to light with DAOs in terms of voting and. Procedures and all that. So, uh, we'll do a a DAO episode next week. So, tune in for that.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about DAOs with you in a deeper light, but let's continue on with our NFT discussion. So, we had a really interesting uh, event happen uh, last week with Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction NFTs. What's going on there, Cash?
1: Yeah, so Quentin uh, decided to release seven never before seen scenes of Pulp Fiction from I assume his library, Uh, but Miramax the studio said, oh no, no, those are ours. Yeah.
0: And they sent him a cease and desist letter uh, to take them down and remove them from the NFT marketplace. But it it raises a lot of questions about, uh, you know, intellectual property or IP and how that relates to NFTs and where where are these lines get get drawn now? could have a bigger precedent you know for the future for filmmakers but also just you know a lot of different creators in general so it's worth following because any kind of ip um that you create you know it can become an nft but then you know if you work with a with a, a bigger company if you work with a studio or a record label or something like that where where do the legal lines kind of land as far as what you're allowed to do and this is all kind of brand new stuff right so we're all kind of figuring it out
1: Right. Yeah, one one quote that really caught me was uh, Miramax claims Tarantino's rights include a static set of exceptions that, quote, do not encompass any rights or media that were not known at the time of the original rights agreement. So can't do any new fun stuff with what he's got. huh? Is that pretty much what that says?
0: Yeah, well, it's it's pretty much they're trying to lock in for future technology, right? They did not, maybe not know about, which is exactly what NFTs, right? So that's kind of what that clause was written for. Um, but um, the original rights agreement, you know, is pretty broad and catch-all. And basically, he's arguing that, you know, he, this was his film, his screenplay, and he's the creator, and um, he's cr- essentially just making these, these are, these are, Parts of the movie that weren't previously released, so maybe they're not necessarily under Miramax's control as part of the, the, their legal IP. And you know, I'm kind of on Tarantino's side here, um, that I think you know creators should have a right to. You know, this is kind of what NFTs were made for. You know, like I guess maybe right. he not he might not win in this lawsuit. You know, because you know these, I'm sure these big studios. I mean, they have huge legal teams and they're very good at defending their their property, their intellectual property. That's what they do. But I could I couldn't imagine a better advertisement for creators to use NFTs and decentralization than this kind of uh, lawsuit coming up because it's like look this is what this is the old model right where you have a creator and then you have the audience right us fans of Quentin Tarantino or people who like Pulp Fiction. And then you have it's something sitting in the middle, which is Miramax, right? And Miramax gets to sit in the middle. And Miramax gets to tell their creator, Quentin Tarantino, what he can and can't do to interact with his fan base and his audience and his supporters. And they just get to sit in the middle and collect rent and power and just say, well, you can't do this, you can do that, you can do this. Oh, well, if you do that, you have to give us all this money. And this is exactly what crypto and NFTs eliminate, right? They They take the power of the center and they push it out to the edges. Absolutely. So it dissolves that's what decentralization it means, right? So we're we're dissolving this, this rent collecting intermediary, like movie studios. And we're seeing this right with Stoner Cats too, right? This is the with the new kind of um creation of a cartoon, right? Where it's just the creators and the distribution through NFTs. So we're seeing this new, this new format that can be that can be use for creators is that creator creates an NFT to create uh, anything and they sell it directly to their, to their fans, to their supporters through an NFT marketplace, or, you know, like for movies, it could be really cool. Like I could imagine Quentin Tarantino could make an NFT that's like part of his community. Right. And then if you own that NFT, then you get special, um, viewing to certain, maybe makes short, some short films, or maybe he, he, you know, the next movie he, he comes out that comes out um, by him. Maybe there's some special scenes that you can only see with an NFT that's part of you know his community. Uh, either way, I think this is just a great advertisement of why you should why NFTs matter. You know, and I'm gonna be following this lawsuit. I'm wondering. I'm i gonna. I'm curious about what's gonna happen if it goes to court or not. But uh, yeah, and I is think it's a great movie, and we want I- we want we want our creators to be able to win out with
1: NFTs. Yeah, and you know I think. Um- it, it just shows us that new content moving forward, people will be very careful to turn them into NFTs first. And that gives pretty you know unambiguous ownership rights. Um, so we're going to see a, a lot of things come out as NFTs um, in the beginning. Uh, you mentioned something that got me excited. Uh, we have the second episode of Stoner Cats that got released um, just uh, a week or so ago. Um, really exciting. They They kind of dive a little deeper into the plot and uh there's a raccoon in it too so not just cats there's a raccoon and uh i thought it was pretty hilarious so uh definitely recommend. remind our listeners who might not know because um what is stoner cats yeah and disclaimer i am a, a stoner cat holder uh it's a fully um decentralized uh you know it's a it's a uh animated show made entirely uh and funded entirely by the viewers um mila kunis uh, is the is the creator and ashton kutcher um seth mcfarlane we got vitalik we got um jane fonda chris rock so some really big names and to fund the creation and development of the show they Sold Stoner Cat NFTs and raised almost ten million dollars in uh, in just a day or two. So uh, no control by studios. They get to make the decisions. They get to you know say all the snarky things they want to say and not not be censored by a studio.
0: Yes. So speaking of you know another way to create to create and that's and that's exactly what I was talking about is that these new kinds of uh, formats of media creation and production are being explored. And it's great to see. Another one that's happening is Time Magazine is getting into the metaverse. And they actually said that they're going to buy Time. The magazine is going to be buying some ETH to hold in their balance sheet so they can pursue their project of getting into the metaverse. And they're actually going to do a a weekly newsletter about the metaverse.
1: Yeah, called Into the Metaverse. Um, pretty, Pretty bullish to have Time Magazine take that step um their big big outfit and yeah. for them to jump into the space. We got another yeah, um, I mean I, it, oh sorry we could go ahead um what did you have anything else on Time magazine so the next um speaking of metaverses um sandbox is a metaverse project where they've raised um million um, with Snoop Dogg, um, essentially able to buy land, quote-unquote, land in the metaverse. Um, Can you tell us more? What's your take on this?
0: Yeah. uh, Sandbox is a really cool project that it sounds just like it is, right? You can make anything in it. It's just this open playground to explore with software, with NFTs, with this whole metaverse concept and uh, you can buy land there, and you can kind of develop your land. So if you had a a, uh, a bunch of NFTs in, in, your, in your collection, you could buy some land and put up your own gallery. Or if you're a musician, you could buy some land, and you could have like a concert venue, and people can go virtually visit your concerts. And we saw some people doing this right with um, Fortnite. We've had concerts in that. Uh, so this is a like the next step where it's it's really much much more user generated user created and snoop Dogg is is nft uh bullish he's he's a big nft guy it's actually really funny to see him just embrace it and i think there's a lot of overlap and we'll touch on it more but uh hip-hop artists really like crypto and nfts because it is kind of uh, it's it's you know grassroots it's counterculture it's kind of like sticking it to the man kind of these uh um and it's you know user-generated in and underground in some ways. And so it, it kind of has the similar ethos to hip-hop. So you, you see a lot of um, hip-hop artists that are uh, getting involved with
1: NFTs or crypto, and it's cool to see. Yeah, and if some of our listeners want to check out the metaverse or have some exposure to it, uh, the Index Fund, um, just released a, a metaverse index fund so they're pulling from um a lot of the gaming um platforms um and other you know development apps uh taking advantage of the metaverse and and you can have some exposure to that yeah the metaverse index is
0: mvi is the token and if you want to look it up and it's really cool because they hold alluvium which is a game that's coming out on uh immutable X blockchain next year, which looks really awesome. And then there's Axie Infinity, which we've talked about before, which is a massive success, kind of like a Pokemon game. And they hold a um, a few other tokens and uh, it's, it's, it's an emerging part of the, the crypto industry. And, and, and that's where NFTs are actually, you know, getting a lot of adoption. And so if you're looking to get some exposure to all of that growth, the Metaverse Index from the Index Co-op is a great um,
1: fund to check out. And before we leave the Metaverse, let's just remind our listeners that uh, Facebook is pretty bullish and uh, Zuckerberg kind of made his whole life mission now, the Metaverse, and uh, Facebook is rebranded as Meta. So um, we should all ask ourselves, do we want Facebook owning the Metaverse?
0: Yeah, I mean we I mean it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how Facebook's uh idea of the metaverse plays out, but they've had um they've been spending billions of dollars on on this uh metaverse idea behind the scenes. And then, I don't know if you've seen um I saw actually a couple of commercials for for Meta. Um on TV, actually, and they they, they try to stimulate what it's like, I guess, what it would be like, where they have like some people and then there's like some animals and like the animals become the people and they start dancing. So, or the people become the animals. It's, you know, it's kind (laughs) of where it it molds. It, It starts with like four kids looking at like a painting in a museum. And then all of a sudden it's like, it almost is like, okay, is the metaverse like, a mushroom trip or <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of what i was
1: just thinking in my head when you described describing
0: that <laughs> it was like so the metaverse um we're just going to give everyone some psilocybin mushrooms and then call it a day <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, i uh,
0: love it no but i uh, you know everyone everyone talks about the metaverse it's this really trendy word right now but i and if you ask 20 people you get 20 different answers what it is um what do you think the metaverse is cash
1: i think it is an area for virtual reality to be at the forefront um i think that's going to be how we're interacting with it a lot um and i see it as um ownership of the blockchain in a way where you can then create these digital spaces that appear like reality
0: yeah i i I agree with you and, and i would take it one step further than that um what crypto does is it gives us digital property rights, right? Tokens are your property. You're you you own your your digital rights now in the crypto world. Um, web one, this is from Chris Dixon. He said Web one was read, right? You could just for the early internet, right? It was just like reading web pages, kind of, right? And consuming information. Web Web two was read and write. Where you could, you know, consume content, but now you could, you know, content creation. You were co-creating the internet, right? With all these platforms and social media, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, et cetera. And now Web3 is read, write, own. And so now there's this element of ownership uh, that's built into the internet now. And that's what these tokens represent. And so, you know, in the physical world the world that meets space world that um we live in we have property rights like it's pretty much something that we just when we're born we we kind of learn about this and we we um absorb it into our our psyche at a very early age and so it's we don't really question it. it's like oh yeah that's yours you know remember like you know when you're a kid and like no, this is mine. No, that's mine. Is, you know, you have like arguments about like mine is like one of the first words out of like most babies' mouths, right? So we didn't have that in the in the internet world, though. So now that we have property rights, it's like the internet has mo- has taken a step closer. This virtual world has taken a step closer to being more like the physical world, and the physical world because now we're all plugged in way more than usual, especially um or especially in you know in history with the pandemic you know we're all online more we have digital um lives essentially. and so we're i think the metaverse for me is the digital world and the physical world just melding into kind of one experience where you can have value can flow from the physical world to the, the digital world like in a river, right we've created this river. Of value through crypto, and now value can flow from the digital space to the physical space seamlessly in a way that it never could before. And that's right. This river that's a value that's opened up right now. It's kind of like a small river, right? There's a few people and there's a few projects, and you know that people that are interested in it. You know, it's a small subsection of the world. But as this technology proliferates, as more people learn about it as it becomes more accessible, and as it becomes more sticky and starts to infiltrate other parts of our lives and more convenient, that river, I think, is just going to become like a tsunami of exchange between, you know, the physical world and the digital world to the point where um, it's going to be very hard to delineate, like, where one begins and one ends type of thing.
1: I like it. Into the so metaverse. that was my long, long winded answer, but we got there. <laughs> I love it. All right. We'll sign up for the time magazine metaverse and uh, learn some, some more folks newsletter. Really, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got so a POAP few. Is a really cool. Yeah. A few major companies coming in uh, POAP. What's a POAP call. Yeah. So proof of attendance protocol is POAP
0: and it's just kind of more obscure, uh, smart contract that lives in crypto land and what it does is just it's kind of like you get a badge it gives you like a, a proof that you were participating in some kind of event or activity or meetup or didn't, whatever
1: didn't you get a po app for the failed stoner cat launch
0: <laughs> yeah if you tried to mint a stoner cat and had a failed failed transaction and lost a bunch of gas they made a po app for that um
1: and that and was kind planned- of like a that was kind of like a joke right yeah it's kind of like a joke it's fun yeah
0: so perhaps they, they're they're kind of they're like a they're like a little mini and they're like nfts essentially they are nfts right um they're in our but 7- they're, just, they're just like a little badge that shows that you know you did something right so you can get a you can issue a pull up for anything and so adidas had um some specific uh event i thought and then they had um they issued a pull up yeah, but an what, event? It,
1: it it looked like they just released it to be part of their like fan club so that you get uh, exclusive rights to sales and events that are happening. Um, kind of like a VIP token or, of sorts. Oh, okay, so was anyone eligible to get one or did you have to
0: do a certain activity? Because usually for pull ups, it's like rewarding a certain um. Like you went to a conference and so you get a PO app for being there, or you went to a virtual meetup and you get a PO app for that, or you were a part of a certain project. Um, so I'm not sure how they did the distribution what, what made people eligible to claim them, or you could just, anyone could just claim them.
1: Yeah. I, I think it was for downloading their app that has like exclusive content and then you got the PO app. So kind of a hybrid, maybe, you know, maybe not actually participating in an event, but they, they, they're. Getting people to sign up for special stuff. And Adidas is doing a Po app, which is kind of a, like we said, a little bit more of a obscure NFT. So it was funny to see that that hit the hit the news. Oh yeah. So
0: yeah. I just checked out an article. So yeah, it seems like they just released this PO app and then they're going to kind of make the the value later. And which is really cool too, right? This is a lot of um, ways that people get involved with the NFT spaces. They release a token and then over time, right? Build value around the community later. And so Adidas is kind of like, shh, here's the PO app, hold on to it. If you like Adidas, we might, you know, you might get some cool stuff by having this.
1: Yeah, they said, quote, for those of you in search of new playgrounds where possibilities are limitless, we, Adidas, invite you to join us as we voyage into the metaverse. So there we go. (laughs) Another mention of the metaverse. Speaking of the metaverse,
0: sometimes it feels like we're kind of caught in the matrix when it comes to the metaverse. So it only makes sense that the matrix is releasing NFTs.
1: Yeah, I was excited for that one. Long time Matrix fan. 100,000 NFTs will be released uh, in about a week from now to commemorate the new Matrix movie. Um, Yeah. Something pretty cool happening with that, though. They're they're taking it one step further.
0: Yeah, I guess they start off um, kind of like neutral NFTs. And then um, on December 15th, you can choose to take a different, a different colored pill, right? You can get red pilled or uh green pilled and that changes your avatar and makes you a different kind of uh, character in, in their, uh, I guess it seems to be like, they're going to make a matrix game out of this.
1: Yeah. You Actually, know, you it, start only, it only makes as, sense. You start off as Mr. Anderson. And then if you decide to take the red pill, they throw you down the rabbit hole as, as Neo. And you come out with some like crazy different, clothing and items and everything so kind of like restructures your your pfp avatar okay
0: that's really cool right i mean in crypto i mean we all like to get red pilled here so i don't know how many crypto people are going to not take the red pill yeah you know (laughs) you got to make it fun right maybe you know it's fun to play. (laughs) mr anderson Part and of it. I, but I, You know, I think what's really cool is the, um, I mean, the movie, The Matrix came out a while ago, right? And at that point, it was very much like, the, it, you know, this cypher punk type of vibe, right? And now we're kind of moved, like a lot of those values that like those kind of, um, that those that that community kind of stood for now are like being expressed in in culture and so it's only apropos that the matrix you know dives into this and has a new movie coming out while all of this stuff is starting to really bubble up to the surface it's it's a lot of
1: synchronicity there yeah they'll be launching november 30th for only 50 us dollars so um i promise I'm a matrix fan i misspoke and said green pill but we all know it's the blue pill so um yeah fans jump into the matrix with us. I'll definitely be minting one.
0: Excellent. Yeah. You take the blue pill, the red pill. And then if you take the red pill, you see how far the the rabbit hole goes. If you take the blue pill, right. You just, you wake up in your bed and you forgot you ever listened to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So we got some more uh, musicians getting red pilled here with crypto and NFTs starting with the Bored Ape Yacht Club avatar project what's going on with that cash
1: yeah one of our favorite bands the gorillas um got uh their hands on some bored apes and are starting to use them as their profile pic um you know kind of having their metaverse profile pic i guess you could say
0: well gorillas is the perfect band for this right because if you don't know the gorillas the gorillas have been around for like 20 years but they they They've kept their uh, identities a secret, and they had cartoons, uh, animated cartoons, be the characters that you that uh, performed. And even in live performances, right, they had like a big screen up, and then they had a band behind the screen. And in their music videos, if you watch any of their music videos, right, they had the different characters. So I feel like the gorillas were kind of way ahead of this whole metaverse crypto uh revolution that's happening with kind of the with the worth what they were doing years and years ago and i feel like the rest of the world now has finally caught up to what the gorillas were like what really wanted to create and the board apes and their what they're up to fits perfectly within the gorillas kind of uh theme and so it's really cool to see this happening and more and more um i feel like celebrities are getting into the uh, board ape yacht club scene and i think they're kind of just becoming like the um a lot of creative celebrity people are seeing that board apes are this community of um creativity and, sh- and showbiz
1: yeah there's a board ape themed production called ape in productions um was that Timbaland doing that?
0: Yeah. So Timberland, you know, he's produced music with Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Missy Elliott. He's an awesome producer. He's got a production company that he set up um, in partnership with Bored Apes to create Ape in Productions. And I guess they're releasing music under this this music label. So now the, the Bored Apes have a music label that's associated with Timberland. So, I mean, here, you know, here we are. We had in April... They, we just had a bunch of apes, you know, profile pictures and everyone's like, Oh, these are cool. And then they mooned in price. And now like six months later, we have that same project is now partnered up with Timbaland to do productions and by a, a kind of ape native production company. So this is just showing... This is just a great demonstration of what can happen with NFTs, right? It starts as a community. It's a shared values. Everyone can connect. You can connect all over the world. You can do it through Twitter, Discord. The word kind of spreads. It starts. They start to develop a culture, an ethos, shared values. And then it just takes on a life of its own, right? And the community, once, once it kind of gets off the ground and it, it gets kind of that uh, escape velocity here, you never know what's going to happen with it. And right now, right. You could have, if you would have told me in April that if you have a board ape, you're going to be able to, if you want get connected with Timberland and maybe produce some music with
1: Timberland, like, I would have laughed at you. Right. But this is, this is what's happening. Yeah. And it just goes to show that the base it's the community, you know, who's involved in the project Uh, you know, you want to like the art and you, you want to look at the roadmap, but, at the end of the day, who is in it kind of steers the ship and can, you know, they weren't thinking about this, like you said, six months ago when they first launched, no one would have even thought this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, one other cool feature of the Board Ape Yacht Club is um, actually having full um, commercial rights and uh, ownership over the NFT. Um, so what does that, what does that kind of allow for? Like this was one op- option that we kind of mentioned, but what what else do you see coming out of that? Yeah, I mean, you can essentially build your a
0: brand. If you own a board ape, you can uh merch merchandise it and brand it any way you want, which is really unique, right? Because a lot of um you know art projects before weren't didn't have this kind of built-in uh commercial rights into the NFT. And so you could put them in um, you know, virtual bands, you could license them appear and advertise, and you can rent them out, you could do a, a lot of other, you can make a board ape you know clothing line with your with your um, board ape on it. So it gives it gives the owners a, a, like a platform to be entrepreneurial in a new kind of way and also they already have a built-in community of people who are more than likely going to support any kind of endeavor they start because they're also board ape holders. And it's important to note note though um, not all nft projects uh, come with the same kind of full commercial rights and right. that you do need to research the project specifically to know what kind of rights you have um, with your NFT in a certain project. So um, just to be clear about but what, but the big picture thing to take away also is that um, NFT projects do tend to give owners um, a little more leeway over their licensing rights than maybe
1: um, some other formats. So that's cool to note. Yeah, try try licensing your uh NBA top shot clip of uh Derek Rose to ESPN and see what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Or,
0: you know, uh releasing some of your uncut scenes from a movie you filmed with Warner <laughs> Brothers as NFTs years ago and see how that goes.
1: <laughs> um I so, want to bring speaking, it back. I
0: do want to sort of go back to this to this um value creation aspect of nfts and i think yeah. you know because there's there's the art aspect that can make an nft valuable right and that's like the one of one mm-hmm. art and that can be really subjective right you have to like the art you have to look at it maybe the artist um, themselves has it has a already an established career and so that what makes their art valuable um and that's kind of like in this generative art and the fidenzas and you know the those kind of things on art blocks but then there's other kinds of uh NFTs that have value because of the community, right? And the community profile pictures, PFPs, um, people call them PFP NFTs, profile picture NFTs. These are often the collections of a given amount of NFTs, anywhere from 100 to 10,000, right? The Bored Apes, that was a 10,000 NFT profile picture project. Uh, We have CryptoPunks, right? That's another very, that's one of the most famous profile picture uh, NFT projects. But okay, the profile pictures are, are just the, you know, the kind of the tool, but the value really is the community that comes, that, that uh, uses that profile picture as like a shelling point, as like a, a rallying cry to support a certain kind of set of values and ethos and myth even too. And so that's, that's one way that I've been trying to explain to people why NFTs have this um, insane value right people are like why is this jpeg worth 50 eth which is like 200 grand it's worth that because the being a part of that community is highly valuable and and there's a certain kind of prestige and a certain kind of access that you get by being part of that community that you couldn't get otherwise and so that's why you know some of these nft profile pictures can command such a high value because the community has created that value and that value is, you know, and people are want to be a part of that. So speaking yeah. of value and a community that we want to be part of, um, Ever is a conference up in Denver this February 2022 And they're very much community-focused conference. You know, a lot of these crypto conferences they might cost thousands of dollars to attend, and then you have to tack on, like, you know, traveling and fees or whatever. And so everyone's like, well, crypto people are rich, they can afford it. But, you know, that's that's not where we want to, you know, where we want to set our shop up. We want to be really accessible, really open and really welcoming, especially to new people and be really inclusive. And so I like ETH Denver because they're super community focused. They want to make everything accessible. So they don't actually charge to go to the fe- to the
1: um, conference. I almost call it a festival because it seems like it's a festival, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, they're uh, taking applications. So you apply and you say why why you're... Most you know suit it to be there, and then there's a, a little extra perk to getting considered if you own one of the PFP NFTs for ETH Dinner uh, Denver, which is called the Buffalo Corn. And who doesn't want a buffalo yeah, I love unicorn the whole hybrid Buff-a-corn story? <laughs> yeah, so it's a combination of a buffalo and a
0: unicorn because in in silicon valley right the unicorn term is 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 like a rare one billion dollar valuation company right so these vcs in silicon valley invest in all these different companies right and if if one of them hits you know and make it gets a, gets a billion dollar valuation then you know these vc firms are stoked and they make a bunch of money and then we have a new company that's how a lot of these you know web2 companies were formed and now that's a very much a different model though than what the crypto community is like and where it's you know we're you know where ethereum community is very much more of a grassroots herd mentality we're working all together we're building as a herd and that's why like the buffaloes we move as one unit together and that's why the buffalo kind of represents um the ethereum community but we also want to get some of that magic. want some of the magic and we do want to be really successful and so the buffer corn is the obvious creature to have as your profile picture for ETH Denver.
1: Yeah, and so they're they're doing the art, you know, they're cool art, but they're also combining the community and the utility. So um, they're gonna be having uh, exclusive kind of VIP events that you could have access to. Um, they're giving signed artist prints, um, they're airdropping their Spork token, uh, dollar sign, P-O-R-K, their spoke uh dollar sign spork torque uh token, which is like a governance yeah, for ETH the spork, Denver.
0: Spork token is the DAO governance token for ETH Denver. So Spork is a DAO that um is is what they're essentially doing is they're decentralizing their operations. So you know they they have some centralized LLCs that do this and that to organize the conference and and some other um, activities that they do. But now they're creating a DAO to govern over all of their activities. And the, one of the ways that they're, they're distributing that SPORK token is through um, these NFT holders. And they're also distributing it to people who have contributed in the past to ETH Denver, previous speakers, volunteers, support staff, contributors. So it's cool to see them, you know, thing where they retroactively honor people who have supported them and built built the project in the past. And then they also hold some for the future. And that's what they're also doing with spork DAO is that some of these tokens will be reserved for people uh,
1: that contribute to the next, over the next 10 years to the project. Right. And uh, they're, they're going to be airdropping some Spork to BufferCone holders on Thanksgiving, just a few days from now.
0: Yeah. So if you want to go to ETH Denver, First of all, apply because I think it's a first come first or sort of basis as they go through the application they just opened up yesterday. Get yourself a buffacorn and you can and come, come into Buffacorn right now for point one ETH. And come visit us. It's cool to go to, you know, it'd be cool to go to the conference and have these cool PFPs
1: be part of the conference. So it's 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 exciting. Yeah, definitely exciting. Uh you got you got yourself a zombie buffacorn too.
0: I know. I don't know how I ended up with a zombie one, but I don't know if they're even rare or not. We have to check the rarity and stuff, but right, <laughs> I'm stoked on it. And
1: speaking then speaking um, of
0: um, some stoke, we have some really cool stoke happening with some new uh, NFT podcasts happening over from the bankless team. They have overpriced JPEGs by Carly Riley, which launched like two weeks ago. And she's fantastic. She used to be the uh, campaign finance manager for Andrew Yang. So she's she's got a finance background, but then she went down the nft crypto rabbit hole super deep and she's hosting a cool show. She had a guest on that's kind of like a OG in the nft space uh Zeneca33 and he's been um doing a lot of fun uh building in the nft space and coaching and and kind of guiding new people along the spe- the, the the path of nfts. So tell me more about what uh you learned with about that cash.
1: Yeah, really great episode. Definitely encourage our listeners to check it out. Um, One of the the coolest things is that he was talking about kind of getting away from his speculative NFT, where he would flip them pretty quickly and and going on to holding more NFTs for the long term, having patience, uh, picking the projects that have um, a lot of uh, good qualities and a solid team behind them. I especially like that he said, don't really pay attention to the roadmap. You know, if there's good people in the community, then cool stuff will happen. And that's kind of like what we're seeing from these, these other examples, like the Board 8 Yacht Club. You know, they didn't have it in their roadmap that, you know, the Gorillas and Timberland was going to be working with them. Um, it just organically came out of, um, you know, the community of people. Yeah, he
0: he he touched on some really uh, important things and yeah and so one of the ways if you're going to look at an nft project to invest in is you join the discord uh go on their twitter talk to the people there what's the vibe like what are, what are the people excited about if they're just always talking about the price then it's they're probably not like going to really be there for the long term because they're just trying to get in there to make a quick buck flip it, flip it and then move on and so there is a like a quality way that you can evaluate nft projects by seeing okay are people really here for the long term are they here to build for the long term are they here to make connections, make friends and create projects together. Or are they here to quickly see the number go up and then sell and roadmaps, right? Are kind of silly in his, in his mind, because, um, first of all, they all kind of say the same thing. If you, if you've seen one NFT roadmap, you've seen like a hundred, because most of them just kind of say the same stuff or at so-and-so percentage will do this. at so-and-so percentage we'll give to charity, blah, blah, blah. When the charity thing's really nice. I mean, it's all awesome, but. A lot of it is like one you're locking the community the, the build the builders and developers and the major contributors into like a certain kind of um way Box. that they have to expend their time and energy right like okay, now we're locked into this to this path, right Whereas like you know the crypto and nft world moves so quickly that if you're locked into one path, one way of doing things, some new thing might come out and you're still just busy working on the old thing and no one even cares about the the old thing anymore. everyone wants to do this new thing. And so I think it's really important to be flexible in an NFT project as a community. And that's what uh, they let you do if you don't necessarily have like this roadmap that locks you in.
1: Yeah, I I think it's um, a good thing to remember what can happen organically. Um, Zeneca left us with a really interesting NFT project that he's releasing, um, something that kind of really hits home at the center of what we're talking about, which is the community who's involved. And he's releasing just a standard coin, NFT, nothing nothing special, he said. Um, unlimited supply for 0.033 ETH um, to be in his Discord. So to actually just be part of his Discord. Um, if you're already in it, um, he said, thanks for participating and supporting me. I'll keep you in it. Um, but he's trying to kind of create a value where there aren't a bunch of bots coming into the Discord and spamming people and actually creating a community where people are, are there intentionally. And then to step it up a notch, he has a super private channel within that Discord for only 333 people, which he's selling for 3.33 ETH, um, which is a lifetime access to his, you know, very personal private um. Able to talk to him, ask him what's up, ask him about NFT projects.
0: That's really cool, and I, I like that because it's you know a lot of these discords do get overrun and with bots or spam and whatnot, and or just people that are just kind of not really there for the for the long term, right? And so if you if you do have to, you know, throw it throw down three point three ETH for uh access to this Discord, then you're gonna be committed, right? You got some skin in the game for sure. That's that's like ten thousand dollars or more. Like that's like now that's thirteen thousand, fourteen thousand dollars. So yeah, that's that's definitely you're gonna care about that. You're gonna be invested in in being an active so I think this is kind of another model that we're gonna continue to see in the T space is people building these somewhat gated communities just so that it's there is like a self about who who really wants to be there and and, and uh, a mission a shared mission from the community. And it's cool to see that. Um, also this is another kind of business model that if you are, you know, an expert on a certain aspect of crypto or NFTs, maybe this is some an option for you. Maybe you can make a, essentially a, a private Discord or something like that where people can get access to your insights for a certain fee. And that's just another way that you can, you know, monetize your addiction to NFTs. <laughs> right. So um, speaking about addictions, what are you excited about Cash?
1: Well, uh, we both applied for ETH Denver um, and hopefully going to be accepted yeah. as uh, press for Block Explorer. So really excited to to get there and cover the event and, and just see the community in person and, and really, you know, vibe out with people who are, in it for the the right reasons of decentralization and, and access and you know uh equity and whatnot yeah and east denver's too because it's it's very much
0: about building and there's an there's a hack actual hackathon that they'll have during the event but it's also a virtual event too so if you can't come to denver you can't travel you can, can you can um participate virtually and that's another way that you can get involved
1: what do you what are you excited about
0: oh i am excited for the reliquary nft art show in santa barbara at soho on december 4th it's 4 to 7 pm it's all ages we have a really cool nft that we're giving away to the first 100 people in attendance and we're gonna have some amazing established artists showing their first nft exhibitions of their careers so we have chester arnold Manuel de Cisneros, and John Schooler are our featured artists doing their first initial NFT drops, which will be on auction, that you can participate at the event or virtually. And we also have music by Nyrus, N-Y-R-U-S. You can check out his website, check out his YouTube. He's got some great shit on. And we're going to have some drinks and food available uh, for purchase from Soho. And then later in the evening, we have the Salty Str- Strings Band uh, performing right after the show, so if you're in Santa Barbara, you're on the West Coast, you're in anywhere near us on December fourth, come to Santa Barbara. Reliquary Dow is putting on an NFT art show that you want to be at. You can get more info at reliquarydao.com. You spell that R E L I Q U A R Y D A O dot com.
1: Yeah, please come and uh, say hello and see some really cool art, folks. We're gonna wrap it up for here today. Thank you for listening. We hope
0: that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for exploring the world of the blockchain with us.
1: Crypto is changing the world. We're here to ensure you're ready. Please subscribe, share this podcast with your friends and coworkers, and Thanksgiving attendees, and leave us a review. We look forward to sharing our next
0: episode with you. Cheers. Cheers.